0: Welcome to a beautiful Sunday morning. Thank you for worship. Thank you for those encouraging uh, songs of worship. As Mike said, when he walked in this morning, there was a packet um, out on the table. This is for anybody that is a regular attendee here at Fairlawn. Um, This is for you to pick up and take home, and inside is our 2017 budget um, and some other things for you to look at, uh, reports from 2016. And so, I would encourage you to pick one up and, and take it with you. Now, you're going to find something in there. Um, there's a few changes that, that we're looking at, small changes that we're looking at making as, as we think about membership. And, and one of the things we want to do is to, to do quarterly member meetings, quarterly covenant member meetings where where we gather together during an ABF time to talk about the church, to talk about the vision of the church, to talk about things going on within the church, um, to deal with stuff that the body should be dealing with. And we're doing this to, so that we don't do it in a Sunday morning corporate worship where really it's not the place for us to do business. But we feel like it's important that as a body, we gather together on a regular basis. And as a leadership team, we can report things to you. We can make decisions together. We can hear from you as we move forward, as we um, are the church. And so uh, there's a word in there that you're going to start hearing us talk about more often. It's it's this word covenant member. And what is a covenant member? And really, a covenant member is just someone who has formally agreed to the beliefs and vision of the Fairlawn Mennonite Church, and has made a public commitment to carry out their biblical responsibilities as a member of the body. So a covenant is simply a formal agreement or a promise. And I believe it's important for us as a part of the body to make a promise to each other. That we will assume our biblical responsibilities and obligations to the body. That that membership is more than just rights and privileges. But covenant membership comes with a responsibility to be the body. To fulfill your purposes within this body. And so, now if you're a member, you will still be a member. But we're just going to use different terminology to better communicate what a member of the church is, and that is a covenant member, somebody that's made a promise to the body to do their part. And so every quarter, we're going to gather as covenant members, those who have formally committed themselves to this body, to do a business meeting. And so just um, something that we feel is important for us, there's a letter explaining it, so that we can better care for the church so we can better be the church. Last week we began this uh, a three-week series on the church on biblical membership on what it means to be a part of the body and what what scripture says about The local church. And we talked about the fact that there is a universal church that that all who have believed throughout all of history are a part of the universal church. But then there's also this structure in the New Testament that, that talks about the local church, where there is accountability where there is structure, where there are leaders and elders and and people using their gifts to make the body the body. But as you look at the New Testament, what is the application for us today? What is our role as believers today? Why is the church so important? You know, last night, as I was... Um talking through my sermon with Verda, and I, I began to ask the question, why has it? Because I love the church. I am passionate about the church. I love the local church. And I began to think about, we began to reminisce about how the church has affected our lives, how the local church has affected our lives, and our experiences, and my experiences with the church, and how it impacted my life. I began to realize that, that when I think about the church, when I think about the local church, I think of the names of people. I see the faces of people who have impacted my life. And as I thought through those people, their names came back very vividly. My Sunday school teachers, Yvonne Slabon, Marcella Eberly, and Verba Miller, and, and Raymond Steiner, and Roman Stutzman. They came back, and, I, and, and I'm sure that if you would talk to them today, they would wonder if I ever learned anything in their classes. But I did. They shaped my life. They introduced me to Jesus, and when I got older, there was John and Ruby Hostetler and Eli and Clara Mast and Dave and Mary Barkman and Dave and Irene Schwartz and Trouber Who, as a young man, impacted my life. They pointed me towards Jesus. And I thought about Levi Hirschberger, who taught me how to love the scriptures. And yes, I remembered Leroy Slaball and Paul Candle and Delmer Faub, my pastors growing up. Again. I'm sure that when I, when they saw me as a young person, they wonder if I ever caught anything that they said. I can't go back and point to a specific message that they preached, but I watched them. I watched their lives. I watched them being men of integrity who love Jesus. And I watched these men and women, real faces, real people in the local church using their gifts to point this little person to Jesus. And had it not been for them, I'm not sure I would be a believer today. Because you see, Leroy also mentored my dad and my mom and showed them how to love Jesus and and showed them how to teach us. And the reason that I am so passionate about the church is because I know what it did to my life and I know without it, I'm not sure where I would be today. Without those men and women who were committed members of the body of Christ, I'm not sure where I would be. So yes, I am passionate about the church, and I want everybody that attends, everybody that is a part of the Fairlawn Mennonite Church to be passionate about the church. Now... Is the church imperfect? Were the churches that were, was East Union a perfect church? Has, has Fairland always been a perfect church? Absolutely not. I've experienced hurt in the church. But the church is far too beautiful to allow one or two hurts to keep us from experiencing the beauty of this body of this thing that God created, we are the body of Christ. So this morning I want to look at what is the role of a member, of a covenant member in the local church. and I want you to turn to to Romans chapter 12 with me. Romans chapter 12 talks to us about what it means to be a covenant member, what it means to fulfill your role as a part of the body of Christ. Now, to give you a little bit of context, you have to remember Romans. um, You have to get the big picture of the book of Romans. Paul has just spent 11 chapters teaching us the gospel of Christ teaching us that we were sinners and God is holy. And he reminds us in Romans chapter 3.23 that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that the wages of sin is death. And so Paul reminds us of that. But then he says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And because of his perfect obedience, It made it possible for for God to justify and to declare us righteous. And so in Romans 10, he reminds us, he says, that if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved, speaking of Jesus. Because he says, it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. It says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. And so, so Paul has, for, for 11 chapters, been telling us about our sinfulness and God's righteousness and how we can be made righteous with him. And then in Romans chapter 12, he says, therefore. And remember, when you look at scripture, you always have to ask, what's the therefore, therefore? Well, what Paul is saying is, therefore, because of what Christ has done, because of what I have just been talking about the last eleven chapters, this is how you ought to live your life. Therefore, I urge you, as brother, uh, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each one, just as each of us has one body with many parts, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body. And each member belongs to all of the others. What a beautiful picture. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him prophesy to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. And if it is, if it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Then he goes on, he says, love Must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love and honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need, practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but willing to associate with people in low position. Do not be conceited. Therefore, because of what Christ did, this, Paul says, is how I ought to live. This is what it looks like in the body of Christ. So we begin, as Romans says, by by laying ourselves on the altar. What does that look like? And Douglas Moo says, we give ourselves to God as his sacrifices when we understand his grace and its place in our lives. We offer ourselves not ignorantly like animals brought to slaughter, but intelligently and willing. This is the worship that pleases God. We lay ourselves on the altar. That is worship. Your life is a living sacrifice that is to be laid before God, to be offered to Him. You see, worship is much more than than these songs that we sing. As great as it was this morning, it's much more than a religious routine. It is a surrender and a sacrifice of my life to Him. I offer my body. I offer my body and my entire self and my belongings and everything to him. And Paul says, this is pleasing. Because of what Christ did, therefore, lay yourself on the altar. Give him yourself. And then he says, you lay yourself on the altar, then you allow your mind to be renewed by the the transforming of your mind. Verse 2, it says, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, and as our minds are renewed, as we spend time in the Word, as we seek God, the mind is renewed. Then he says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And then he goes on to explain what we are to do. And he says the first thing that we have to remember as as being part of the body is that we belong to each other. Each member belongs to all of the others. Does that make you uncomfortable? That you think that you are accountable to the person sitting beside you. In other words, we owe them something. It's not that they owe us anything, we owe each other. We belong to one another. Literally, we are individual members of one another. Paul says, like the, like the body that has many parts, but they're all connected together in the same way. You know, there are different parts of the body, and, they're, and yet they're all dependent on one another. You know, my arm can't get up in the morning and decide, you know what, I'm not going with you, I'm staying here. It's not going to work. My arm's going to go... Now, I've got a shoulder problem, so I have to drag it with me some days. But it still goes with me because it's a part of the body. It's a part of me. It belongs to the rest of the body. And that's the picture here. That just like your arm belongs to your body and your ear belongs to your body... You belong, we belong to each other. And then Paul says, not only do we belong to each other, but we are gifted for each other. He says, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. And then he begins to to name off some different giftings. And he says that every member in the body, every part of the body is gifted for a purpose. In other words, every one of you here, if you have confessed Christ as your Savior, if you've received him and the Holy Spirit is living in you, you've been gifted. It doesn't matter if you're 8 years old or 88 years old, you've been given spiritual gifts. I think sometimes we underestimate what our young believers can do and we don't expect enough of our young believers because we think, wow, they're just too young. If they have confessed Christ, if they have recognized their sinfulness and the need for a Savior and confessed Him, they are old enough to be a part of the body. They are a part of that. They have become a part of the universal church, and therefore, they become a part of the local body. I think some, that's something that, that we want to look at differently, that, that, look, if you are a young person, if you are a young child that has confessed Christ, you're a part of this body. And we want you involved. We want to use your gifts And you see gifts talked about in in, in, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 and in 1 Peter and and in Ephesians and, and, and here in Romans, the many different gifts that have been given to individual believers in the body of Christ. And God expects you to use that for his glory in his body. Everyone counts in this picture. Everybody contributes to the local body. And we must come together to use them for his glory. Now I'm thinking about, just as I look out over this group of brothers and sisters, the many people who use their different gifts. This morning we saw people up front here who use their gifts to lead us in worship. But there are those people that were greeting you this morning coming in. They were using their gifts. You, you see people in the cafe that, that were using their gifts for the glory of the body. Stan Amstead comes in every Thursday and folds bulletins. None of you ever see that. You just think bulletins were made that way. But But somebody comes, uses their gift of service to bless the body. We have women that that prepare food when there's a need to bless the body. We have teachers of adults and teachers of children. We have a prayer team. All for the glory of God, for the building up of the body. I believe you should come every Sunday asking how you can use your gift to bless the body. Remember, covenant membership isn't about what you get out of it. It's it's not having a consumer mentality. It's how can I give? What's my role here? How can I bless these people? My brothers and sisters, those who I belong to. You know, there are those that have this gift of encouraging, exhortation, who, who are so vital, who just know when to come up and encourage you, pray for you. We need to be using our gifts for God's glory. We belong to each other, we've been gifted for each other for the building up of the body. So we are gifted for each other. Then Paul says, we are also to love each other. As a part of the body, We're to, it says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Now this is not a fake, superficial, shallow, sort of smiling, patting on the back saying, I love you. This is a deep kind of love. This is a love that that is not superficial, that is unconditional, agape love. It is selfless love. It is us loving people and not expecting them to love us back. We love them because it's the right thing to do. There again, growing up, I watched. This kind of love. I watched Leroy Slabaugh love my father into the kingdom. He loved him unconditionally. He loved him with expecting nothing in return. The body must love each other. This is what the church is about. Loving and caring for one another. Some of us are a lot harder to love than others. But he says, love each other, church. And he says, honor one another. He says, be devoted to one another, and brother love. Honor one another above yourselves. This literally means to prefer, to, we, we prefer to honor rather than to be honored. You know, several years ago when, when we were in Israel, we did communion together. And one of the things that we did that, that we thought, I thought was really cool is, is we would take a piece of bread, we would give it to somebody else, and we would say, you do me honor. You do me honor. It is an honor for me to serve you. And as the church, as the body of Christ, we need to learn how to honor one another. And the picture here is that we outdo others in bestowing honor on them. You see, it's not about me. It's not this consumer mentality. I honor people with my speech. And that's one of the greatest places of of dishonor that happens, I think, in the church is is this whole thing of gossip. Gossip. You know, Ephesians chapter 4, 29 says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful in building others up according to their needs. That it may be beneficial to those listening. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, and every form of malice. Be compassionate To one another. Forgiving one another. Does that describe who I am as a follower of Christ? Does unwholesome talk come out of my mouth? Paul says, honor one another. Honor one another. Speak in ways that build people up. Then in verse 11, Paul says, We live, we're to live with zeal for Christ. He says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. You see, zeal for Christ spurs other people on, it encourages other people. You know, the Keith Bylers of the world who have zeal for the gospel. Great timing walking back in here. But I see Keith's zeal for the Lord and it encourages me. You know, are we, are we ho-hum, sort of dreary, drab Christians who, who walk around with our, with our shoulders down and our heads down looking like we have nothing to live for? Or are we excited about our faith? So excited that that we want to tell other people about it. Because zeal is contagious, it spurs us on, as Hebrews says. Then Paul says, You really need to pray for one another. Do we pray for each other? Do we intentionally take time to pray for our brothers and sisters? You know, many of you got a church directory with pictures in it. What a great tool for you to use to leaf through and every day pray for maybe two or three families. You know, I read this verse that sort of scared me. 1 Samuel chapter 12. Samuel says, far be it from me that I should sin against God by failing to pray for you. Hmm. We must pray. For each other. And Paul says, the body also Shares with each other. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. You know, this morning you heard Mike Doty up here talking about an opportunity you have to share with those who are in need. There again, it's us with spiritual eyes looking around and seeing those who are in need and doing something about it. It's not always with, with material things. We need to pursue hospitality. Look for ways to share in others' needs. And then meet them. And then he says, we rejoice with each other. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Celebrate with one another in the community. I think this is something that we're not always very good at, of, of celebrating people's victories, of celebrating people's faith journeys, of celebrating accomplishments. He says, celebrate. Rejoice with those who rejoice. And yes, mourn with those who mourn. Walk with those who are hurting. Care for those who are hurting. You see, no one in this body should ever have to Hurt alone. The community of believers is not intended to bear burdens by themselves. Man, if you're carrying a burden by yourself, it's not the way God wanted it to be. He wants us to gather together and to carry each other's burdens. But oftentimes, because of of pride or, or because of other reasons in our lives, we choose not to share burdens. This morning, we got together as an elder board and prayed for someone who has a burden. Because that's what the Bible says we're supposed to do. Never carry a burden on your own. First Corinthians it says 12, it says, There should be no division among you, but that its parts should have equal concern for one another. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices. We are the body, Paul says, and each of you is a part of. We are one. And then Paul says, I need to wrap this up, that, that, that as a body, we need to really accept one another. Live in harmony with one another, he says. Don't be proud, but willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. And this goes back to the beginning where it says, we belong to one another. You see, in the body of Christ, there is no status. We are all the same. We are all equal. And one part shouldn't look at the other part and say, I'm a little bit better than you. Therefore, I'm not going to associate. No, we are the body. We are to love each other equally and to care for each other equally. Live in harmony with one another. This is humility. And this is the basis of community, is this thing of humility, a humble concern for one another. We are worshipers who come together as a family to give ourselves for one another. That is the beauty of the local body. The universal church is all believers of all times who are, it is invisible. We don't know all those names. The local church is the visible expression of the universal body. It is the the place we exercise our faith. It is a place that we are encouraged and give encouragement. It's the place where we live out our faith. And if I'm going to grow in my faith, as we're called to do in Scripture, then I must be a part of the local body. Because it is there where I give accountability to my brothers and sisters. It is there where I exercise my spiritual gifts. It is there where I exercise everything that I see here in Romans chapter 12 the exercising of our gifts, the love for one another, the praying for one another, the rejoicing with each other. And when we do that, when we do what God calls us to do as followers of him, then we will be a part of a beautiful thing we will be a part of of a beautiful church body. And we will be what Jesus told his disciples, that, that by this all men will know that you're my disciples by the way that you love one another. You see, our greatest testimony, one of the greatest evangelistic tools is the world seeing us as the body loving one another and caring for one another. We need the local church to spur us on. I need the local church. So I hope that as we, as we go through this journey, this process of looking at the local church, that you will understand the beauty of the body, And not just try to pick out all of the the negatives and, and the things that are wrong about it. But that you look at what's beautiful about it and then you be about what's beautiful in the church. And that's you as a follower doing your part in the body. And you spurring the others around you, those who you belong to, on towards love and good deeds. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning for your church. I thank you, Father, for in your great wisdom how you have created this body father we recognize and we ask forgiveness in those places where we have messed it up where we have got it wrong I pray father that we would we would strive to be the church to do church the way that you intend the church to be I pray father that this Faith community, Lord, would love in such a way that people take note, that our love for each other would be attractive. And Father, may each person search their own hearts and ask themselves what their part is in fulfilling the work of the church and then father move towards being the church